I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and happy Wednesday. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg here as always and I am so excited to be sitting down with you today. So before we get into today's episode which is inspired by a question I received on Instagram. I just thought I would give you a little look into my life lately. So I guess my biggest news, something I want to share with you that I personally want to celebrate about my body is the fact that I got my second period post having emergency surgery. So it has now been five and a half weeks since I had emergency surgery back in April. I told Scott this weekend, so on Sunday, it was five weeks and I had told him that and he was like, there's no way it's been five weeks. Like time is such a strange thing. It truly does feel, for me at least, and I guess Scott too, it feels like this whole like emergency surgery situation just happened. Like it doesn't feel like it has been over a month ago, but it has and recovery is going really well. But like I said, I really want to celebrate my body for having another period post recovery. And some of you might be thinking like, okay, why is she celebrating this? So if you're kind of new here, I do talk about hormones and periods and specifically hypothalamic amenorrhea quite a bit. So again, if you're new here, you may have heard me say hypothalamic amenorrhea and like kind of what, wait, what, what did she just say? So hypothalamic amenorrhea is something that I talk about a lot because it's something I've been through. So hypothalamic amenorrhea also referred to as HA means that you actually don't have a period. And I went 12 years without having a period and Like I said, I talk about this a lot. I have a lot of previous podcast episodes all about this, so we're not talking about this today, but if this topic interests you or if you're like, whoa, wait, I am actually going through that right now and you want to listen to HA specific episodes, definitely just like search wherever you listen to podcasts, Unbreakable You HA or unbreakable you, hypothalamic amenorrhea, that those sorts of terms will pull up so many podcast episodes for you. So that is why I am kind of like sharing this and bringing this up and why I am particularly like really proud of my body. But essentially, we know that our periods can kind of get 
wonky, whether that's delayed or we might skip a month or whatever. Um, when we go through stressful periods in life. So our period is our monthly report card. So it can really be a reflection of how the last three months have been for us. And so knowing that like I had a very stressful emergency surgery back in April, I kind of went into my post surgery recovery period with the mindset of like, okay, I'm going to be okay if my period maybe like is a little bit delayed or whatever. I wasn't really sure what my period was going to do, but I just went into it with that mindset that, hey, you know, it might not show up right on time just due to all of the stress that happened back in April. And a week after my surgery, my period actually showed up, which was amazing, although it was absolutely horrendous. But I hear that the post-surgery periods can be like really, really, really uncomfortable and painful and kind of like the worst of the worst <laughs> because my periods were quite terrible to begin with because of that massive cyst inside of me. So the post period and like post-surgery period was really bad. It came a week after surgery, as I said. And so I was like, okay, cool. That's awesome. But like I had said, the th kind of like the three month period is what we're wanting to look at whenever we're looking for like changes in hormones and some stuff like that. So whenever you maybe like do a protocol or maybe you shift something to support your hormones in some way, we want to kind of like give ourselves three months to actually see changes. Changes can happen sooner, but we want to give those three months just to see um, because it takes three months for a follicle to actually develop. So when we also go through a stressful period in time, that might not be a reflection in our very next period, for an example, but it might show up in like the month after or up to three months after. So I was very, very happy when I woke up on Monday morning to my period. She arrived right on time and I was just so, so proud of my body and I wanted to share that with you. And speaking about periods, because we are going to change the topic right away, more about like somatic stuff, because like I said, I received a question on Instagram, but... I do want to record a podcast episode about some things that I have been doing to support my hormones recently and that have actually made a difference that I can, um, it's, it's quite obvious the difference that it's made. So there are some like very specific things that I wanted to share with you. And so if that stuff interests you like hormone health and supporting your cycle and your period and kind of like having a less symptomatic cycle, if that topic interests you, definitely listen to the podcast episode that is going to be coming out next week because that's the type of episode that I'll be recording for you. 
But like I said, today we are talking more about somatic work and specifically feeling safe in your body. Now, if you listen to my last two episodes, this topic still kind of is following trend on that. So last week we were actually talking about the language of your nervous system, why affirmations might not be working for you, and actually how to support your body and feeling safe or how to show your body specifically safety. Now, when I was talking about all of this and like nervous system health and regulation on Instagram, someone had left me a question. And this question is, I'll read it word for word here. So she says, how to feel safe in your body. I recently discovered I don't know what safe feels like. And I thought this was such an important question and something that I could really expand on in the podcast because like I said I have been talking for the past couple of episodes about feeling safe in your body and then when this listener messaged me about like hey I don't actually know what safe feels like I thought this would be a really great opportunity to talk more about what that actually feels like. And I think that kind of gives us this really great starting point is that safety is something that you do experience in the body. So it is an internal experience. And if you did listen to the episode last week, you'll know that I talk a lot about the felt sense, because this is actually the language of the nervous system. So our nervous system communicates with us through the felt sense. So it's not like the nervous system is speaking to us in verbal language, for an example, like it wouldn't be you're going about your day and maybe you get to a moment where things are feeling safe and then your nervous system says through words that, oh, hey, this is what safe feels like or, oh, hey, like you are feeling safe right now. So safety is something that we feel through that felt sense internally. And I thought when we're looking at safety and if someone doesn't really know what safe feels like, I thought it was important to maybe talk a little bit more about our survival responses because this kind of takes us to the opposite and of how we can feel. So we have these brilliant survival responses. It's part of how our nervous system works. And whenever our bodies feel as though they are not safe or when they truly are not safe, so it can be a real threat or it can be a perceived sense of a threat, perhaps maybe because of like past experiences, for an example, the survival responses are actually going to come online for our rescue. So I've talked about this in previous podcast episodes before, but the two main survival responses you'll probably have heard about is 
fight and flight. So that's kind of like that sympathetic, dominant survival response. So that's that survival response that has a lot of mobilization around it. It's like, there is a threat and I need to do something about this. And that action behind that survival response is either fighting or flighting, which is like fleeing, right? You're running away. So you're either fighting or you're running away. So that's one of our main survival responses. And then another one is freeze. So this is not being mobile or active, but it is being stuck in this freeze survival response when we aren't able to do that fight or flight survival response. So like I said, these survival responses are going to come online when things are not feeling safe or they are perceived as like not feeling safe. Now, opposite to that, safety in the body would be when we aren't in one of those survival responses. And this is called when we're in the state of ventral vagal. So this is in that parasympathetic state. Now, when you are maybe working with a somatic practitioner in a session, there's actually some bodily responses and cues that your practitioner might pick up on in session. And these are some things that you can actually notice happening in session as well. And so some signs that you may be in a safe place in your nervous system. So in that ventral vagal state of regulation, some signs of this are yawning, digestive sounds. So things like, you know, when your stomach's gurgling, for an example, burping, farting. And the reason that I bring these up, like the digestive sounds, the burping, the farting, that means that our digestion is working and our digestion can only work when we are in that parasympathetic state. So you've probably heard nutritionists. I've probably said this many, many times on the show before too, when we've been talking about supporting digestion and just kind of like foundational nutritional practices. But when we eat food, we want to be in that parasympathetic state. It's so, I find it so interesting how for so many years I have been talking about the nervous system, but like through more of a nutrition standpoint as a holistic nutritionist. And now that I'm moving my practice and kind of going more towards and supporting people through a somatic and nervous system lens, I'm still talking about the nervous system. And I think this is just a really incredible example of how important the nervous system is in so many aspects of our life, like not just in trauma healing, but also supporting proper digestion. So going back to what I was saying, in order to actually be 
digesting our food properly, we actually need to be in that parasympathetic state. So as I mentioned before, there's that fight and flight state, and that's the sympathetic state. And so it's kind of um, nicknamed the fight or flight. So that sympathetic state is also referred to as fight or flight. And the parasympathetic state is also often referred to as the rest and digest state. And so when we're in that sympathetic or fight or flight state, our nervous system and our body actually isn't able to prioritize digestion because when we are in a survival response that is what the body is prioritizing, your survival. So it doesn't care about things like, oh, we got to digest this meal, for an example. It is only looking for, we got to get out of this threat. So it's focusing on your survival. Now, when we are in that parasympathetic state, which is in that ventral vagal part of our nervous system, we can prioritize digestion. And this is where digestion happens in that parasympathetic or rest and digest state. And so if you are working with a therapist and maybe like a somatic practitioner, maybe you notice that in session, maybe your stomach starts to gurgle or maybe you start burping or you have a burp or maybe you even have to release gas in the form of a fart, for an example. Those are all signs that you are maybe releasing some survival response from the body and moving into this place of regulation and you're in that parasympathetic state because like I said before those things aren't actually possible to happen when you're in that survival response of sympathetic energy so any type of like digestive gurgling or burping or farting, all really great signs that in your body, you are in that parasympathetic state and your body's like not perceiving a threat at that point in time. Now, other signs might be like shifts in your breathing. So if your breathing was really shallow or really quick, for an example, noticing your breath, like if they're deep breaths, That's a really good sign that you're entering or you're in that parasympathetic state. And another one would be posture. So just noticing your posture too. And you can even do this while you're listening to this podcast episode. Just noticing what your posture is like. So if you're really slouched and maybe caved in for an example this could actually be someone like too deep into parasympathetic which means we're getting into like more of a freeze or shutdown state so that um like deep into that parasympathetic is like that dorsal state also often referred to as freeze or shutdown 
And then if your posture is more like rigid and braced and maybe you're not like feeling totally relaxed, you're just kind of like on edge. I think braced is kind of the best way to describe that. That could be an indicator that you are actually in their survival response of like that sympathetic or that fight or flight. And so changes in your posture. So maybe you were really braced at one time and maybe now your relationship with gravity or your posture is different. Maybe you're a little bit more grounded. Maybe you're not way up there anymore, but you're a little bit more grounded, a little bit more connected with your chair or whatever you're sitting on. So these are things that if you are working with a somatic practitioner, your practitioner are going to take note of these things. So the yawning, the digestive sounds, the burping, the farting, the breathing, the posture, among many other things, even your expressions on your face, for an example, or where your eyes are going. So for an example, I was witnessing like in my somatic training, for an example, um, we do a lot of like demos or practice sessions. And so one of the demos that I was observing the practice client wasn't actually able to look at that practitioner at the time. She wasn't really like able to make eye contact. So her gaze was always somewhere else. Her gaze was often outside of the window looking at something that did support her and feeling regulated or safe in her body and then actually by the end of the demo or the practice session her gaze was actually naturally able to she was able to make eye contact with the practitioner and this is just one example of a sign that we can see just through where the eyes are landing of the body finding more safety and that's just an example. Um, so like I said, safety is something that you experience in your body. Now, those were kind of some examples of things that you or a practitioner might take note of during a session. But a couple other things things that you might personally notice is your access to the present or your ability to access what's happening right here, right now. So when we are caught or stuck in a survival response, we are not actually in the here and now. And so that's why I was speaking so much about these tools and practices in my previous two episodes about accessing the here and now when we're actually wanting to show our body safety. So that's what you might notice. So speaking directly back to the question, if you're not actually sure what safe feels like, these are some signs that you may notice inside that you might actually be able to access the present 
a little bit more or you feel like you have more ability to access what's happening right here and now. And an example of that would be maybe being like aware of what's actually happening in your body because we really aren't in the body like paying attention to what's happening like neck down for an example when we're stuck in one of our survival responses which brings me to another sign that you may notice when you are accessing more safety in the body a cue you might notice is actually feeling more connected to your body and having a better idea of what safety actually feels like. So I just want to hop back to the question about recently not knowing what safe feels like. Now, I do think this would be such like a beautiful opportunity for this individual to work with a practitioner or a coach or a therapist that works with like somatic work or works in that somatic framework like myself, I think this would be such a beautiful opportunity to explore that. So this is something that you can become familiar with and recognize in your body what safe feels like because you are meant to feel safe we are all wired to experience safety there's that thing that i've talked about in previous episodes called neuroception and so it's kind of like this constant scanning that's going on behind the scenes what's safe what's threat what's safe what's threat or what's safe and what's danger this is happening constantly behind the scenes moment to moment throughout our entire lives and so your body knows what is safe and your body knows what is dangerous or what is a threat, or what's danger. And I think when we're living in the minds or neck up, it's going to be near impossible to actually know what safe feels like in the body. So in order to know what safe feels like in the body, we really need to start like creating a relationship with the body so we can actually be in the body meaning neck down to actually give ourselves that experience of what safe actually feels like now if safety or feeling safe in your body is something that you're like listening to this podcast episode and you really feel like okay Meg I have no idea what this feels like or Maybe now after listening to this episode, you have a better idea of maybe what it might be like in your body, but maybe it's quite an unfamiliar feeling for you. I do just want to leave you with this, that I am currently working with a client. Her and I started working together, I do believe, at the 
beginning of the year or at the very end of 2022. It was kind of around New Year's time. And recently in our last two sessions, she started to connect with the feeling of safety. And when this happened a couple of weeks ago for the very first time, it was a really, really big moment for her because like I said, this was not something that she like not a felt sense that she was familiar with at all and it was just so beautiful to witness and honestly this is one of the reasons why I do this work is so I can support people in having access to all of these emotions and being okay with being with these emotions and sensations and felt experiences. And so I guess I just wanted to leave that with you today and let you know that it is possible to access safety within your body, no matter what you've been through in life, you deserve to be able to experience safety. And not only do you deserve to do to experience safety, but it is possible for you like your body actually wants to experience safety. It is your birthright, and you are wired to feel safe. And like I said, it is possible for you. And I wanted to share just that example with one of my clients that literally recently happened. It happened two weeks ago. And like I said, it was a new experience for her. And then just our most recent session last week, it happened again. And once again, it was just so magical to witness her experiencing safety in her body. And not only that, but being okay with feeling safety inside of herself, because I haven't really talked about this before. And this is probably a topic for another episode, but I think we live in this world where we have this understanding that um, uncomfortable sensations or uncomfortable emotions can not feel great and be uncomfortable and we might want to kind of like disassociate or stop those experiences from happening but the opposite can also happen and the opposite is also true that when we feel a lot of anything it can be difficult to move through that and so like I said that is a topic for another episode which I will put together for you because I find this topic really fascinating but it was just so incredible to witness this client of mine experiencing a very unfamiliar sensation in her body which was safety and be able to feel as though she could stay with that and that is one of my jobs as a somatic practitioner is supporting my clients to be with like all of their emotions and we do this in such a gentle and titrated way and so I just will leave you with that and just encourage you to reach out to me if this work feels like something that you do want to explore and be supported with. It has changed my life and I witness it every single week changing the lives of my clients 
And I really am just so passionate about this work and I'm so grateful to be doing this type of work. And so I have all of my contact info in the show notes for you. So feel free to just shoot me a message. I currently am accepting new one-on-one clients and I would love to work with you. I have a few spots open And so if that sounds like something you want to do, reach out and I will get back to you. And like I said, I will be back next week with a brand new episode about things I'm currently doing to support my hormones and my cycles so they're less symptomatic. And these things have actually made such a big difference. So I'm really excited to share them with you. 